Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. so delighted to see you. It's just uh, uh, wonderful. We're in this series called An Opportunity for a Better Life, and um, it's our sort of our core four values that we are going to talk about. But I want to ask you a question, as, we, as I like to do every week, because I love for your um, input. And so let me ask you, uh, did, do, can you remember like uh, your favorite hero when you were growing up, like the, the, per, the, the hero that maybe... Maybe you don't have a favorite, but one that comes to mind, a superhero. Can you sort you got that in your mind right now? Sort of a favorite superhero when you were a child coming up, or maybe you still like them now, you know, still in the movies. On the count of three, I want you to shout out the name of your favorite superhero. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, I think I heard Spider-Man. I think he won in this crowd. Uh What's up with you freaky people with the spiders? Okay. <laughs> uh, spider webs sort of freaked me out. But um, I heard Superman. I think I heard, did I hear Iron Man? Did somebody say Iron Man? I thought I heard Iron Man. And I think I heard someone say Captain Underpants. <laughs> okay, you're not going to admit it. But anyways, so today, what, you know, as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, it makes me think about a superhero because superheroes, it, it's not just the fact that they have this supernatural ability, like, like Superman, what, uh, faster than a speeding bullet? I don't know if I got that right or not. Stronger than a locomotive? Am I close? Okay, all right, as long as I'm in the ballpark, I'm okay. It's been a long time. But what makes Superman so cool is, and all these superheroes is that not only do they have this, this unique superpower, but that they, they captures our imagination and the, and the good of us, but it's what they do with it that makes them so good. They do all this good stuff with it. They do this good stuff. And so they save people's lives because, you know, in these movies that we, that we love so much, these superhero movies, is that there's villains in that that have superpowers too, right? I mean, but they use theirs for, for bad and not good. And it's amazing to me how, you know, it's, it's what they do with their superpower that makes us like them. We like someone to save the day. And so today as we begin to dive in, I want to ask you this question again. Doesn't it make you feel good when someone does good for you? Okay, thank you. There was, I'm like, you just sort of freaked me out there for a moment. I'm like, oh, what do you want? You like them to do bad to you? <laughs> Let me ask you a question again. Doesn't it make you feel good when someone does good for you? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when someone does something nice for us, it makes us feel good, doesn't it? But the problem is, the problem is this, is that many people get stuck right there. They get stuck. They get stuck with wanting someone to do something good for them so that they can feel good. Like we're waiting on someone to do this before we feel like we can be fulfilled or we can feel good. But I want to tell you that God has a whole other method for us feeling good. And that he created us this way. 
is that when we begin to give ourselves to serve someone else, then something happens inside of us. And I have it coming up on the screen, and let's just read it together. You ready? Come on, here we go. Let's say it. It feels good to, to do good. It feels good to do good. Do you agree with that? Isn't it amazing how they, when you go to make someone else's day, when you go to be nice to someone else and, and you make their day, isn't it amazing how it makes your day? It just, it just feels good to do good. When you're doing good, it feels good. It feels good to do good. And so one of the ways that we do that is we do it through serving. And we have what we call our core four around here, connect, grow, serve, and share. And we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. And if you missed any of those messages of the last two weeks, please go back and l- listen to them because it defines our vision. So today I want to talk to you about serve. And I want to just tell you about what you were created to do, about how, this imp- how that Jesus impacts our lives and how what he did for us in order that we might serve. So I want to give you four things today that I think are going to be truths that's going to maybe awaken something inside of you and help you come to a realization that your only fulfillment in life is ever going to be is come when you serve, especially in the name of Jesus. All right, so here's the first thing. You ready? The first thing I want you to write down is this. Number one is Jesus created me to serve others. Jesus created me to serve others. Now, look at the verse with me. Ephesians 2 and 10, it says this. It says, for we are God's what? Workmanship. Okay, so the next time you see somebody, just say, hey, this is God's. <laughs> God did this. Sometimes I'll do Rhonda, I'll like, I'll, Rhonda be in the room, I'll say, this is, you can't touch this, this is God's, you know? She's like, well, maybe he could have done a little better. Oh, no, not really. So, we're God's workmanship. Now, look at these next four words. Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Created in in Christ Jesus. Oh, watch this. When you were born, like in your, God formed you inside of your mother's womb. He gave you your physical makeup. You know, the DNA of your parents helped determine that as well. But God was responsible for that. Watch this. So, when you, when you were born, you were born of water because the Bible says that like when we were in our mother's wound we were filled with you know fluid was all around us so we were born of water but he said you got to be born of spirit and so also when you come to jesus christ and you become a christ follower look what happens when you become a christ follower all of a sudden you get what's called born again and what that means is that when you say jesus i want you to come in my life be my savior what happens is is you're asking for his will his attitude his spirit to come inside of you and instead of you doing what you want to do, you, that still small voice speaks up and says, no, this is what you should do. Like it's that still small voice. And so here's what I'm telling you. We, none of us in this room, if you're a Christ follower, can give the cop out of, well, I was just born that way. You can't give that. Because if you've been born again, you've been born a new way. Amen? <laughs> so like... I can't say, you know, well, everybody in my family was liars, so I was just born to be a liar. Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe my physical birth and maybe in some of my DNA it it was some of that way, but when I got born again, guess what? I took on his DNA, and so did you, right? So we can't just say that, all right? And he says, okay, we were created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. So he saved you to do good. You were saved to do good which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, here's what I want you to know. 
Sin in our lives, what is sin? Sin is things that we do that are opposite of what God wants us to do. You're in agreement with that? Like when I know God says, don't do this, and I do it anyways, then, then that's sinful. Here's what sin does. Sin kills our ability to be who we really are. You can never be you as long as you're living in sin. Never be you. Sin steals the goodness out of our lives. Do you agree with that? I have met so many people in my life who said this. When they talk about their past, they say they were living in sin. They were doing things that they knew God didn't want to do. And they would say this to me. When I was living that life of sin, that was not me. That was not me. It was not the real me. I was just trying to to be somebody that I really wasn't. And it wasn't until I gave my life to Jesus Christ, he came into my life and saved me that I discovered the real me. So what I'm telling you, without Jesus, you will never be the real you. You'll be what everybody else wants you to be, and you'll be what you think you've got to be to try to have your friends around you or, or to have your status. But I'm telling you, once you discover Jesus Christ and you let him into your life, you become the real you. I, um, I was watching a newscast this week, and there was a young man about 18 years old that was in a courtroom. And he was standing there in the courtroom, and uh, the judge had given this verdict down. And this young man had gotten into a fight with, a, with another young man, and somehow he pulled a knife and he stabbed the young man one time. And he wasn't, I don't think that the, he was intending to kill him, but he died. The young man died. And so here this young man is, and he looks really like a nice young man. He's standing in the courtroom, and the sentence comes down. He's going to jail for X amount of years. I mean, it's 20 or 30 years. He's going to jail. And the young man says, that's not me. I'm, I'm a good person. That's a, I don't belong in jail. That's not me. And you're exactly right. Sin took over him, and it was not him. Sin stole the goodness from that young man. And because sin stole the goodness of that young man for that moment, then that, man, that young man is going to suffer the rest of his life because of the crime that he did. You see what I'm talking about? You can never be you if you do not have Jesus Christ inside of you. He frees you to be you, and he frees me to be me. And so that's why Jesus is so important in your life. And, and until, if, if you don't have Christ in your life, you don't have a clue to what I'm talking about. So I want to invite you right now to take that step. Ask Jesus into your life to save you, and he saved you to be you. And so there's a prayer inside of our program called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower. It's written because I was expecting you today. We were expecting you. God knew you'd be here. And, and most people say, I don't know what to pray. So we wrote it down. You can read that prayer and say, God, that is me. And that is your first step. And then you just check it on the back of this connection card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Okay. All right. So remember what we said. You might want to write this down. But remember what we said. It feels good to. That's right. Let's say it again. You ready? It feels good to do good. It feels good to do good. And so number two is this. Ready? Jesus saved me to serve others. He saved me to serve others. He created me to serve others, and he saved me to serve others. Now, look what he says. Here we go. Luke 9, Jesus says this. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my followers, you must turn from your what? must turn from your selfish ways. Okay. Now, let's just let's talk about that before we go any further. How do you know, what is the sign that you're becoming selfish? Like, what's the warning light? You know, 
like I was driving my wife's vehicle the other day, and all this, uh, uh, the um, uh, fuel light come on. And uh, she was in the car too. She said, Jeff, you're not supposed to let my fuel light come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> she said, you don't let my fuel light come on. Well, it comes out as a warning. You're almost out of gas. So what is the warning that I am becoming selfish? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Brace yourself. Here it comes. Here it is. Impatient. Let me just let that sit there a minute. When you and I are becoming impatient, it usually is the sign that I am becoming selfish. Mm-mm-mm. I could have went all day without saying that, couldn't I? It's true. It's true. It, it, for me, when I begin to get impatient, it's a sign that I'm wanting something and I want it now. So he goes on to say this. Look what he says. He says, you must, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Now watch this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Now we've discovered that because when we try to hang on to our life, we think it about me, and we become selfish. And when we become selfish, uh, we become impatient. And when we become impatient, we do things that we wish we, not, we had not done. Are you agreeing with that? How many of you, how many of you, have gotten impatient and done something you wish you hadn't done. Let me see your hands. Okay, great. That's the majority of us, all right? So what happens? Here's what happens. Many times we have sex before marriage because we get impatient. And guess what? We have regrets that last a lifetime. Many of us, many of us in this room, many of us have anger issues, and our anger issues is simply this. We're impatient. We get mad because when things don't happen in the time frame that we think they should happen, when we want it, we want it now, and when it doesn't happen, we get mad. And there's a lot of us sitting in this room right now that struggle with anger, and our issue is not anger, it's impatience, which goes back to being selfish. Heck, on it. Woo! Mm, mm, I'm just tearing me up right now, all right? This ain't for you, it's for me. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is great teaching. A lot of, I could avoid my anger if I would learn to be a little more patient, and that means that I would quit being so selfish. Watch this. A lot of us are in financial chaos right now. You know why? Because we got impatient. We got it. We want it. We got, we got to have it. We got to have it right now. And we have went out and put our name on the line for things that we could not afford because we got impatient. We got tired of waiting. And now we are stuck like Chuck. With no luck. I better stop because I can't think of another one. Is this connecting with you? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) And so what we have to begin to do. Now here's what we worked hard on. What we worked hard on in our culture is we worked hard on self-esteem. And we've let go of self-respect. We've let, worked hard on that. Now, let me just finish the verse, okay? He says this. He says, you will lose it. He said, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will what? Save it. Okay. So self-esteem, when we work on our self-esteem, which is making me feel better, and we need, we, we need a good self-esteem, but, but when you constantly are trying to make yourself feel good, something's wrong. 
You know, when you only focus on that because you get focused on you, again, it puts back selfishness. So, so too much focus on self-esteem makes me selfish. You agree with that? And we've raised a culture of, of young people, of, of a generation that thinks it's all about them, right? No, nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. Why? Because we told them it's all about you. And so what we have to do now is we've got to, raise, we've got to lower the bar on self-esteem and understand that we need to raise the bar on self-respect. Now, how do you get self-respect? You get self-respect when you serve other people. When you go out of your way to do something for somebody else and, and you go to make their day, somehow that makes your day. Would you agree with that? When you go out of your way to do something good for somebody else and you help them with the intention of not getting anything back, you just go out of your way to help them. When you look in the mirror that night and you see that person in that mirror, you go, you're the man, you're the woman, you're it. You like you. But when you go out of your way to do something to, to make it all about you, there's many times that we do things to make ourselves feel good in the moment that we regret for a lifetime, and many times we look in that mirror and we don't like who we see. Would you agree with that? So it's self-respect that we need to strive for, not self-esteem. And so strive for that because that begins to give us that. So I want to tell you this, is that, is that we have something called groups here, SEC groups. And what they're all about is helping you build your self-respect. Because when you get around other people that are believers, and listen, we're talking about serving. We say serving God's family. This is one way you can do that. We want you to serve on Sundays and, and, and serve our church. But one of the ways you serve God's family is being a part of a group. And when you're part of a group, you get to know people. And guess what? You get to go out of your way to give a kind word or give a word of encouragement or something to help that person. And it just takes you up as you take them up. And so I want to encourage you, if you have not signed up for a group, to go ahead and sign up because they're filling up fast. And I don't want you to be left out. And so there's something inside, there's a list inside of your program, and then you can use your connection card as well to sign up on. Okay. All right. The third thing I want to share with you is this. Okay. So Jesus created me to serve others. Jesus saved me to serve others. And here's the third one. Jesus healed me to serve others. He healed me to serve others. All right. Boy, this gets interesting. Here we go. Look what it says in Matthew it says, Jesus went to the home of who? All right, Peter. Where he found Peter's who? Was sick with what? Okay, now this goes to show you the character of Peter. Because his mother-in-law was sick. Okay, just let that sit there a moment. He could have been thinking, Jesus, don't go in that room. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, I wouldn't, if it had been me, I'd like Jesus, you go in there and take care of my mother-in-law because she's a good one. You are, Miss Caroline. I just want you to know. In case she watches this, you are. All right. So it goes on to say this. He took her by the hand and the fever why? Okay, now I want you to read what's underlined with me. Ready? Come on. Then she got up and she served. Who did she serve? She served Jesus. She served Jesus at meal. That evening, many people with demons in them were brought to Jesus. And with only a word, he forced out evil spirits and what? Who to heal? He healed everyone who was sick. Now watch this. You are healed to help. You're healed to help. 
The question that, I, that goes through my mind, if I'm not going to help anybody, why should I, why should I ask God to heal me? Why, why would God, what would be the purpose of me being healed if I'm not going to help? Right? Especially if I'm serving myself and I'm serving the devil and I'm serving sin, why would I, why, why would I think God should heal me if I'm only going to serve me and I'm going to serve sin? Why? why? Because when I only serve me, I get worse. And when I serve sin, I get worse. So it's only when I serve other people that I get better. We are healed to help. And let me tell you something. Some of you have been through some junk. You've been through some stuff. We all have been through something. And you know, I know you walk in this church and you see people look like they got it all together. They look like they ain't had a problem in this world. And you think, oh, I'm the only one that's been through this. No, you haven't. No, you're not. All of it. Every one of us is jacked up. We're messed up. You're in a room full of messed up people. Right? We all got our issues. So don't you ever walk in here and think, well, I'm the only one that's been through this. No, they're probably sitting three seats beside you. They've been through it too. I can't stand that. People say, well, I'm the only one. Nobody else. Oh, no, 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 no. We, just because we dress ourselves up and clean ourselves up don't mean we mess, we're not messed up on the inside. We've been through some stuff, right? And most of us have been through stuff, and what we try to do is we hide the stuff we've been through because we think, oh, no, well, God's heal he's healing me from that, but, but I don't want nobody to know it. Let me tell you something. You're only as sick as your secrets. The moment that you use your hurt to help somebody else, you get healing. When you, when you use what you've been through to help somebody else get through what they're going through, it's amazing how that you become a better person and you get free. You can say, oh I, I, oh, I can't share that, can't be, no, can't let that out. Oh, what will they think of me? I'll tell you, as long as the devil can beat you up with that lie, you'll be knocked down, you'll, you'll be on the ground, you will never get up. But as soon as you realize that God has, has healed you to help somebody else, you won't hold it back. You won't tell them, yes, I, I went through that, but I didn't stay there. God got me out of it, and he can get you out of it too. Amen. Mm -mm -mm. And so one of the things that I would like to share with you is this, is that in order to get better, you've got to discover who you are. And, and we have something here called Growth Track. And that's what it's all about, is to help you discover what you've been through and how do you use that and how do you help other people that you can get better. And I want to challenge you, if you haven't been through Growth Track, to sign up. I want you to sign up on the back of your card. Look, there's a place you can sign up. Just sign up. Send me information about it so that you can begin to use your gifts and talents to help God's family and, and to help people around you that you can get better. Okay. All right. Remember what we said? It feels good to... Let's do it again. It feels good to do good. That's right. Now listen, teenagers. You remember that. Try it out. Go home and freak your parents out. Walk into your room and say, I'm going to clean this room up. <laughs> Woo-wee! I, I think I'm going to, them dirty drawers that's been over there two weeks, I'm going to pick them up. <laughs> just do it. Look, and, and when you, look, just go home and try. Like, freak somebody else. Just do, just go out of your way. The first place that we need to do good is, is in our own house and in God's house. Amen? 
In our own, why don't, some of you are struggling in a relationship right now. It might be with your mom or your dad or your parents. Uh, that would be your parents, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or your husband or your wife. You, you may be struggling. The first step in getting over what you're going through is start doing something nice for them. So why don't you just pick up your dishes, do the dishes in the sink. I don't know, open the door up for somebody. Why don't you say a kind word? Why don't you do something because it feels good to do good? I don't like them. Well, you start doing good for them, and it's amazing what will happen. Okay, I need to stop and move on. I can see, I know when you check out on me, you're like, okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> Number four. The fourth thing is that Jesus reminds me to serve others. He reminds me to serve others. I want to talk to you about the Last Supper, which we call Communion. Because communion is a reminder. That's what it is. We do it to remind ourselves. Communion is all about And remember, this is the, this is the last night that Jesus has with his, his disciples, his close people, his team, before he goes to the cross. He has, this is the last night before he, he starts a trial and he, this whole week-long event leads to the cross. It's the last night. So, listen, when you know you're about to go, I've been with people that's been on their deathbed, and I'm telling you something, their last words are very important. They think about them. And Jesus knew he was about to die on the cross, so his last words, his last acts was important. And this is what he did. He began to tell us to remember him. So look what it says. It says, And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to them, saying this, This is my body for you. Now let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Do this in remembrance of me. So what we're about to do is, in rem is we're remembering Jesus. That's what we're about to do. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So, I want you to take this cup that we have. We've given you the communion cup. And let me just say this. If there's something going on in your life that's not right with God, just take a moment right now to whisper a prayer and say, God, forgive me. Make this right. You don't have to pray an hour. You have to pray one sentence. God, forgive me. And then, and then we're going to take communion because we're going to remember. So, I want you to pull back the first tab. And there's a little wafer in there. And this, what are we remembering? We are remembering that God was mad at us. God was ticked off at us because of our sin. And instead of God taking it out on us, he took it out on his son. And that's why when you see the pictures of Jesus being crucified, that he's beaten, his, his back is bleeding, his beard is plucked out, plucked out, because that's God's anger was taken out on Jesus. So we're remembering that Jesus took our place. His body was broken, so ours would not be broken. So would you do that right now, remembering him? We remember, Lord. We remember. Now pull back the next tab. The juice is a reminder, is that we remember Jesus, that his blood... Was given. Remember, the life's in the blood. And because he gave his blood, because his blood was given, our sins are forgiven. Did you hear that? Because his blood was given, our sins are forgiven, if we ask. And so today, the, that when we drink this juice, we're saying, we remember that you, you gave your blood in order that I might live. And instead of God seeing all my bad stuff, when I say, God, forgive me, he just looks at the blood of Jesus and I look clean. That's why God doesn't see you the way that you were. He sees you the way you are under the blood of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? He's, you, you look like Jesus to him. 
when you say, God, forgive me, he looks through the blood. He doesn't look at your past. So let's remember right now by taking the juice. Just take a moment and say thank you. God, thank you. Jesus, thank you so much. What you did for us, we will never, ever forget that we are alive because you gave your life for us and that we will see you again and live forever in eternity with you. Oh, God, to rule and to reign forever and ever and ever because of what you did. Now, I want to take you to the next step. Remember, when you're about to leave this world, world that's when you say what's important. So Jesus said, remember me, and then he did something else to show us what we're to do. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I come to serve and give my life a ransom for many. And that's what Christians do. Look what Jesus did. John picks it up. So after Jesus served communion, then he did something else. It says this. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that means Jesus had every, all the power of heaven and earth. He knew he, knew he was a powerful man. He knew he was, a, he was powerful. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he knew who he was. So he got up from the meal, took off the outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to what? Wash the disciples' feet. Drying them with a what? With a towel that was wrapped around him. Now, here's what I want to tell you. At that moment, Jesus had the title of Almighty. King of kings and Lord of lords. And so, his disciples were here, but Jesus, wouldn't you say Jesus was here? He, he was like greater than them. Would you agree with that? But what Jesus did was that he, he, even though he was over them, he lowered himself below them. Because remember, their feet were dirty. And in their day, you walked into a house, you took your shoes off, and there was a, the disciples were here, but they had a servant that would come here and wash their feet because they didn't even do that. So Jesus, who was here, who knew who he was, laid down his title, and he took the place of the servant, and he picked up the towel and he washed their feet. Now here, here, here's a question. Jesus laid down his title and he picked up the towel. He laid down his title. Look, you and I, if we're going to be servants, we have to learn to lay down our titles. You say, what is my title? You know, my title is my pride, my ego. You know, you don't know who I am. You know, I'm your daddy. You know, I, I, I'm your mama. Or, you know, I, I, you know I, I make more than you, you know. And, 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 you know, I got more money than you. I, I, you know, I'm better than you or whatever. Whatever that is, that title, we lay it down and we pick up the towel. And that's what Jesus said. The last thing is what he said before he died. The last thing he showed us was that. Now, let me ask you another question. When you look at a, a, a soldier on the battlefield and when they're losing the battle and all of a sudden they, 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 they say, we're done, we're finished, we're going to surrender, what do they do? They pick up something and wave it. What do they do? White flag, right? They wave it. You know what that says? I surrender. When we say I surrender, you know what that means? That means that, okay, 
I give myself up to you. You can have your way with me. I will do what you want me to do because I surrender. When Jesus laid down his title, picked up his towel, bent down, and washed the disciples' feet, you know what he was saying to the Father? He's saying this. I give myself up to you. I surrender unto whatever, whatever you want me to do. I surrender to your will in my life. Because you will never serve people and you will never serve God until you surrender your will and you lay down your title and you pick up your towel. Now I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing a song. And this song is called, I Surrender. Here's what I want you to do. Listen. There's an area in your life that you need to surrender. And you've been wrestling with it. You've been wrestling with it. All of us have been, we've got some area that we need to surrender. And what I want you to do today is when we begin to sing that song and it says, I surrender, I want you to hold your towel up. And I just want you to say, God, me too. This is me, God. I surrender. Listen, there's some of you know what it is and you know how powerful it is. You know what it is. And today's your day that you're going you're gonna to surrender to God. You're laying down your, what you're fighting for, your title, and today you're taking up your towel and you're saying, I surrender. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.